Are you for or against organic social media be considered a legitimate marketing channel? A full debate is happening live. April 20th at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central, and yours truly is captain of the team arguing for it. If you're an avid listener of I Digress, my request is that you click on the link in the show notes. You have to click on the link in the show notes for it to count and register through my link in my show notes to support me. See the debate live and see for yourself which team will win the battle of is organic social media a legitimate marketing channel. We're going to talk about whether organic social media is a channel or not. When I brought to you the title, is organic social media a channel or not? What was your immediate reaction? Where you're like, I have no idea what the hell to talk about in this one, but sure, I'll sign up. Or you're like, sign me up, stand back. I got opinions. Felt like we were, we were going to be in a battle. Battle Royale. I'm a Fortnite player, so Battle Royale all the way through. <laughs> I think this is the tale as old as time since social became a real thing from sales and marketing, proving up that corporate ladder or agency leader. It's a constant battle that we're trying to prove and validate what it is and how do we move forward. Can I be vulnerable with you for a moment? The honest truth is that vulnerability is actually a defining trait of entrepreneurs. Vulnerability is the foundation of creativity, of innovation and change. And entrepreneurship embodies all of these. To be truly great, entrepreneurs need to be a little out there. After all, Fearless creativity, maverick thinking, and risk-taking seldomly show up in the middle of the bell curve. As entrepreneurs, we see our fair share of aspiring and veteran entrepreneurs that inspire us to brilliantly continue onward. And that's where the Finding Founders podcast comes into play. Finding Founders podcast, hosted by Sam Donner, is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. Designed to inspire, Finding Founders is a podcast about vulnerability and entrepreneurship, where you learn from the life stories of founders and highlights the moments where they were most vulnerable. Inspiration doesn't come from lauding success after success, but rather inspiration is born from identifying with hardship. From that low point, they climb the ladder of success and reveal how and why they ultimately pursued entrepreneurship and the success, the stories, and the life lessons they took away from their experiences. You can listen to Finding Founders wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's show. I am so thrilled you're here. If you don't know me, I'm Daryl. I hang out here at Agora Pulse. I do a little bit of marketing, a little bit of public speaking, and I basically just annoy everybody by asking hard questions just to watch them stammer and stumble. Just ask them questions and secretly inside, you just want to see how they respond. We're going to do that today. I've got incredible guests that I may torment and tease a little bit, but I will tell you now, today's topic, I have been looking forward to having this conversation for a long time because it's one of those topics 
that at a cursory level seems so obvious. Of course, the topic being organic social media. Is it a marketing channel or not? I assume we're all going to say, well, of course it is. But if I'm asking the question, that suggests that our belief that it is, is not aligning with the reality of what we're doing or that the people that we need to go to for budget, for staffing, to keep us employed and not lay it off, are perhaps not seeing it that way. So we're going to have that conversation today. Organic social media. Troy, you are an award-winning growth strategist that helps brands scale faster. So I want to ask you, if you can look back to when you first started out in the marketing field, early, early, early on, did you know what even a marketing channel was, that term, that definition? If you're sitting here going, I'm not really sure I'm comfortable or I know exactly what a channel is, Try about yourself when you were brand new to the space, did, you know, if someone were to drop the word channel to you, a marketing channel, did, did, did you know what that was did, or did you just fake it until you make it or like what? Yeah, I totally knew what the concept was. I would say in, in that moment, you know, the, the brevity of what defines a marketing channel where we're going to digital was way different. You know, the traditional being, you know, TV and radio, but to the common consumer or common business owner, they may not quantify it in that ram if they're not used to investing in it or spending money and time and energy in it. So definitely it's a, it's a, it's a growing thing to think about. Okay. So we've set the stage. Let's get into not, do you think it's a channel or not? That'll be my next question. Before I ask that question, let's start with this. Knowing what you know today, what is a marketing channel? If you had to explain to somebody new to the industry, how would you define to them, explain to them what a marketing channel is? What are the criteria? You know, what does it include, not include, et cetera? I would think simply put, a marketing channel is a medium for distribution to push a narrative or to suggest a certain type of storyline that people can consume, validate, make their own opinions and take action upon it. What's up, digital world? You're listening to the I Digress Audio Experience with Troy Sandage. Social media, marketing, storytelling, business, culture, and more. Coming to you in three, two, one. Okay, I like that. Okay, so now I'll offer my point of view as the old guy who's been doing this for decades. As a CMO, I have conversations all the time with my CEO, with my board, with my investors, with my chief financial officer about the marketing channels that I want to invest in. So I agree with Troy that it's a way to connect with your audience and there's different ways of doing that. I get very specific because I have to budget for it. There has to be a line item where I say, I'm allocating X dollars to this channel over the following you know, 12 months or four quarters for my, my fiscal year. So I look at channel as, I'll give examples here. The most popular one I see all the time, pay-per-click, Google ads, social ads. It's similar, but it's another channel. So paid ads would be a channel. Events, trade show would be a channel. Content that I'm going to create and share, another channel. Email, I'm going to use to get in front of my audience, another channel. All of these are channels. These are, or think of it as tactics that I can fund, I can staff. And I can be intentional about utilizing to get in front of my prospective buyers. The channel helps you reach new markets. It helps you segment and target audiences, right? So I could use, for example, think of paid ads. Well, if I use Google, I can make an ad for this audience, 
or that audience based on a variety of parameters that helps me segment and target my audiences. There's always a call to action. When I use a channel, there's a call to action because I want them to do something. And then finally, this is the big thing. When there's a channel, because I'm trying to convince my CFO, my CEO, and my board, and my investors that we should allocate money towards this, a channel, from a CMO's point of view, needs to be measurable. So I can say, okay, I spent X dollars on this channel. Here's the revenue it drove, or here's the new customers we signed up, or here's the increased market share we achieved, et cetera. You know, that's what we're looking at. So we can say that was a good investment or a bad investment. That's how I view a channel. Now I'll stop. I'll shut up. Troy, any reactions to what I just said? Agree, disagree, refinements, anything? I'm aligned. Honestly, you know, in my world as a COO, CEO of another company, a lot of it is P&L. Can you justify the allocations of what you're doing? It's not just a thing we're supposed to be doing just because everyone else is doing it. Does it move the needle? Does it drive awareness? Does it make you money? And does it make you money sustainably? Like, it's just that simple. And these are tough questions to quantify, tough KPIs to identify. And we'll get to that in a moment. But just to purr the brain of y'all to think through this, like there's a lot of things to think about when you're saying we're going to use this channel specifically. And if we're talking about social media, you add the subset of platforms and strategies and styles and content types, it can get dynamic and very overwhelming. So having that anchor of justifying here's what we expect as an ROI is going to be very tremendously helpful navigating that whole marketing channel system. I love the thought that you said it's a P&L. Like you just say, boom, it's a P&L. For those who don't know the term, it's profit and loss, right? Is it making me money or am I losing money? And by the way, I want to be clear on this. Sometimes it's okay to lose money if it's achieving a goal you want to do. The classic example is having a loss leader, right? I'm going to lose money in this one product, but then I'm going to do an upsell on additional products. Kind of the, the whole beer and diapers analogy. They go to the, the supermarket, you know, for, for diapers. And then right there, the cash out, there's the beer. The diapers are priced cheap. You draw them in, then you sell them the beer at the checkout line. And therefore, I lost someone, but overall, there was profit. So I love that you said that. Are you sick and tired of wasting your precious time on tedious tasks like pulling reports, like rewriting blog posts, and trying to personalize countless prospecting emails? Well, say no more, because I've got some news for you. There are some new AI tools that are going to blow your mind. Introducing HubSpot's newest AI tools, Content Assistant and ChatSpot. Content Assistant uses the power of OpenAI's GPT-3 model to help you create content outlines, outreach emails, and even web page copy in just seconds. And in case that wasn't enough, they created ChatSpot, a conversational growth assistant that connects to your HubSpot CRM for unbeatable support. Content is key to driving visitors, leads, and revenue. Let's be honest, creating great content takes a lot of time and people. HubSpot's AI-powered content assistant helps marketers brainstorm, create, and share content in a flash without ever having to leave HubSpot. It can come up with blog ideas, draft blog outlines. It could even write copy on any topic from marketing trends to your company's return policy and even develop copy landing pages, prospecting emails, and more. Need a contact on the fly? 
Need help pulling a quick report and data points? Need help with ideas for drafting the best prospecting email? ChatSpot's got your back. ChatSpot is a conversational bot and it helps bot CRM whiz. It can help you draft follow-up emails to prospects, add contacts and notes directly to your CRM, find prospects in your CRM that meets your criteria, run reports to get data on things like web traffic and revenue, and even ask for status updates, and much, much more. The easy-to-use CRM just got even easier. Head to HubSpot.com forward slash artificial dash intelligence to get early access today. I want to bring you back to that same scenario before when you were entering the space, you acknowledged that, you know, maybe you weren't familiar with channels or if you did, it was a, a very cursory young understanding of channels. When it came to your organic social efforts earlier in your career, not where you're at now, but earlier in your career, did it ever cross your mind to measure? Did it ever cross your mind to measure the impact of your organic social? And I think I know what you're going to say, so I'm going to set you up. Bit of a trap. Did it ever cross your mind to measure organic social when you're early on in your career? Or is that another way? When did you start realizing that eventually you have to start measuring it? So we're thinking of, Emerging businesses, marginalized businesses, startups, people who are just getting started, you know, freelancer, however you go. I think you're subconsciously are measuring, right? You may not know what you're quantifying, but at the very least you're doing the eye test. Ooh, I got more engagement. Ooh, I got more likes. Ooh, I got more this or that than I would have thought. Or, or people are mentioning a post that you had off the platform, right? That's a big win for you. That gives you that endorphins. You're high off that, right? But I think at the end of the day, you're figuring it out. I think, you know, you're trying to figure out where this measurement coming from. How do I quantify it? Where are we looking at? How does this work? So you're almost building a rocket ship trying to fly it. So give yourself some grace when you don't have the actual terminology or the specifics. But as we've already mentioned, you know, the social ROI, I haven't seen too many of various platforms doing something like that, which I thought was very bold since the hardest thing for any social media manager is to quantify what is my efforts generating? That is your dreadful report meeting at the quarterly or at the annual review. How do I quantify my efforts and being able to think in those terms? Like we live in this world where sometimes we separate sales and marketing. Well, marketing is going to go this way, sales is going to go this way, but we kind of need both arms to get the, win this fight and get this W and get growth. And so I think when we overlap, there's that middle ground of just quantifying the ROI and knowing how to measure. Give yourself grace because it may take time to know what indicators to measure that aligns with sales and everything else. But if you're just looking at it and can just see the progression or can I immediately identify something is not right, something is not working, that is better than anything. And at least notate that to get started. All right. The feedback when we launched social media ROI as a, as, as a new feature set within the product and we started talking about it. I mean, understand that feature was actually brought to us by a handful of customers who literally came to us and they said, hey, Agora Pulse, you know, when I'm doing my, when I'm living in say HubSpot or, you know, any of my marketing automation tools or even my email platform, it will tell me the ROI on my emails. How many opens did I have? How many click-throughs did I have? How many deals closed because of this email? It will actually give me the metrics. Same if I do any other kind of campaign. If I'm in Google and I'm doing Google, you know, ads, It'll actually tell me how many, again, click-throughs that I have, how many deals close 
and I can attribute, I can measure that. Why can't we do that in social media? And what was happening was people were trying to do it, but they were using a combination of spreadsheets and they were getting overwhelmed by using all of these UTM codes to try to track it. And it was a very manual process. So that was the premise. I wish we were smart enough to say we thought about it ourselves. It was users coming to us and asking for that. So when we launched it, it was really interesting. And I'm curious what your reaction was. And we were talking a little bit about this in the green room. Initially, the reaction we got when we said, well, okay, are you measuring it? Because you should be treating it like a channel, like you do all your other channels. And the reaction was, yes, we're measuring it. And I love, Troy, you, you touched on this. And then, Troy, you talked about getting the endorphin rush and seeing how much you know engagement you're getting. And they believed a year ago when we launched that they said, well, likes, follows, and shares is measuring, and we measure those today. And I can tell you that by extension, when we get this kind of engagement, we get this much bump in revenue. And my question was always, but can you connect the two dots? Can you physically said that post drove that conversion? And the answer I got over and over again was no, followed by, or instead of no, it would be like, well, no, but I don't want to. I don't want to measure that. In other words, said another way, I think people were scared as hell to measure that because they would be afraid that if they can't prove the impact they're having, that their job might be at risk, yet they inherently knew they were having an impact. Fear thing, is that reaction something you can relate to? Is it something you've heard? Is it something you've said? I've had the pleasure of being in the beginning of a lot of the social media marketing push across different channels. And one of the biggest, I'd say, fears is getting to a point to look at any social media marketing channel and being quantified by the numbers. As we all know, sales is a numbers game. In the same way, whether you're a creative side of social, you're a paid side of social, or you're somewhere in between, it is still a numbers game. And I think that's where the fear comes in because it's not all about Oh, let's connect to a community. Let's just get engagement, likes, comments, and shares. Ooh, this channel has to prove and validate unequivocally that it's making X amount of revenue generation that ties into our bottom line and our PSNLs in a certain manner and way. And that's where social goes away from being this fun and creative tool to being, oh, this is a legitimately serious channel. That, oh, that's only for the big boys. That's only for the big agencies. That's only for the big organizations. Oh, no, no, no. It's for everybody. And leaning into that, that fear, you're actually going to be able to expand and utilize social media at its core more authentically and efficiently to actually produce what you actually want. But we got to get past that slight sense of fear to do it. And so I think if we would have had all this set up before social became what it is now as a channel or a subset of channels, there wouldn't be as much fear. But because we had this, this layaway period of more people learning, just using it as a tool, simply as a broadcasting tool, let alone an engagement one-on-one -on -one piece and then hopefully evolving into a channel, there's a lot of nuance to it that we're still trying to quantify. All the platforms have different things and we don't know which ones fit for different things. So how do we modify that? How do we monetize that? And then how do we maintain that sustainability all tied into that fear of associating my effort on social media to a number. There's a lot of people right now listening to you and going, preach it because that's the fear I'm feeling. And I'm scared crapless of being held accountable and measuring. 
And I've shared this before. The biggest shock I had when I joined the Gordopolis just over a year ago, and the biggest shock I had was on the first week, I learned, and I actually did not believe the person when they told this to me, that there's a large percentage of social media managers who do not know what a UTM is. And by the way, if you're right now listening to this and you don't know what a UTM is, please do not feel judged. We're not judging you. What we're telling you is that's how you can measure. That's the vehicle to do the measuring. The problem is if you're doing a whole bunch of posts all the time, especially if you're at an agency and you're doing it for all your different clients and they have multiple you know, people you're representing across multiple platforms, that can become quickly not scalable, which is why many people avoid it using UTMs all along. So that is understood. And by the way, you'll notice that Troy talked about a channel was different from how I spoke about a channel. We were all right, by the way. We just had different roles and different perspectives. But at the end of the day, I love what Troy said about the using the term PL because that ties in exactly with what I talked about with me talking to my CFO and me budgeting that says, I need to be able to either get you more money or get you more staff, or we need to shift from here to there in our efforts and our investments. If you like that, then there's plenty more. We have so much more. Check it out at agorapulse.com. If you want to see it in action, you can get a free trial. You can request a demo and we'll show it to you in a way that makes sense. You go, oh, I get it. And there you go. Check it out. More education. What's up, I digress listeners. Are you enjoying this episode? There's more where this came from. I didn't want to end this without you hearing my voice. But before you listen to part two, I have a gift, I have a test, and I have a request. Let's start with my request. I am a part of this great debate with Agora Pulse. Is social media a marketing channel? Or is it just a way to show your audience that the lights are still on? Well, you're in luck. A full debate is happening live April 20th at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Pacific time. Well, two teams will face off arguing for organic being a legitimate marketing channel and arguing against organic social media being a legitimate marketing channel. And yours truly is captain of the team arguing for it. So, If you're an avid listener of I Digress, my request is that you click on the link in the show notes. You have to click on the link in the show notes for it to count because it's a competition and register through my link in my show notes to support me. My test is simply this. Are you for or against organic social media marketing as a legitimate marketing channel? After you register, you can leave a comment live or engage in the replay or tag myself and Agora Pulse on Twitter or other social media channels and let me know what you think. This is a test to see how many of my listeners actually care, but also a test to see where do my listeners stand in this great debate. And my gift outside of being a father of entertainment for you for this great debate is a link to this actual interview where you can see me and Daryl Prale, the CMO at Agora Pulse, interact on is organic social media marketing a marketing channel and where it goes from there. All the links and more will be in the show notes again. 
If you click on the link in the show notes, that's the only way it's going to count for me to prove organic social media marketing matters and that my listeners, my amazing listeners are supporting me, hopefully, in my stance. See the debate live and see for yourself which team will win the battle of is organic social media a legitimate marketing channel. And as always, you can like, you can subscribe, and you can definitely leave me a review and tag me across all channels about this episode and past episodes. And that's a wrap. We hope you enjoyed this episode of I Digress. What was your takeaway? Care to share your thoughts and tag Troy on social media? You can find him on all platforms at Find Troy. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave a review or comment for this episode from wherever you're listening. Looking for a marketing strategist to build the structure, strategies, and systems you need to get the success you want and the ROI you desire in your business? Book a discovery call to talk with Troy at findtroy.com. And as Troy's philosophy goes, imagination is the engine, content is the fuel, social media is the highway, marketing is the roadmap, sales is the destination, culture is the GPS. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 